Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's playoff time, and you know what that means: big stakes and even bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. Want to know the best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings' free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 55, as Andy and I once again will cover a little bit more of our new head coach, Gerard Gallant, as he has officially uh, he officially had his, I guess, uh, I don't know, Andy, what do you even call that? I gotta ask you, how are you doing? Intra- and what do introductory you call press conference. An introductory, intro, wow, I am running on fumes here. An introductory press, press conference. conference. Yes. All right. As soon, okay. Now that I got that, let's, uh, let's move <laughs> on to, uh, something completely different. No. Uh, in all seriousness, no, I, I have a, I have a beef, Andy, and, you know, Let's hear it. yeah, you know, and, and this like really, really bothered me today. We were filming in Midtown Manhattan. It is, you know, the beginning of summer, right? We're in the, the midst of June, you know, the summer is starting. We got playoff hockey. We got the New York Islanders representing, you know, New York City and the Stanley Cup semifinal. A lot of buzz around town. 
And, you know, the one thing that has bothered me so much so that I thought I had to bring it up on the podcast, and I am, is that the NHL store located in Midtown Manhattan is boarded up and not open. Explain to me how, and it's not like it's empty because it closed. It's like boarded up with jerseys hanging. You know, they have, you know, the NHL signs. They got, you know, Sidney Crosby. They got, they got everything hanging up, but they're not open. In the, in the middle of the NHL playoffs, as we're in the NHL Stanley Cup semifinals, and the store is not open. Yeah, I mean, I always thought that was odd. I obviously understood it during the middle of pandemic because uh, New York City not going to have tourists who would come and buy jerseys when they come into town to see games. Um, so I get that. But at the same time, during the NBA playoffs, I do believe the NBA store is open. I believe the MLB store is open. The MLB is very open because I went in there today and yeah, it was packed, yeah. jam-packed. Yeah, which is strange. I don't. Like I said, I understood up to maybe, you know, maybe last month. But like you said, now it's summer and I believe most restrictions are gone. And I listen, I don't know if the the NHL is such a is under such a shoestring budget with the 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 uh, the flat cap for the next few years that they can't afford to pay. They're, you know, if they don't have, if they're not selling, moving the amount of jerseys they usually are, that they can't afford to keep it open or whatever the deal is. But yeah, I mean, it's summertime. If it's not open by the end of, by the, in July, that's it, lunacy to me. You know, it's like, I guess we'll if see. If it's not open no. now, how is it not no, open? No, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. It's, I you don't know. know how many people are going to casually go pick up a t-shirt, an Islanders t-shirt, or, you know, just anything right now. You know, the Rangers got... A, a, a new head coach. There's a lot of buzz. You got Lafreniere. You got Kako. You got Panarin. Zabanajet. There's a million jerseys that you know could be sold on the Islanders and the Rangers. You know, you got Barzell, new Palmieri jerseys. There's just a, there's a lot happening right now, and the, the NHL store is closed. It's just insane to me. And you know, I, I, you're going to try to bring logic into this conversation and it, it just, I, I'm not going to buy it. I'm too tired. Um, no, I, I just wanted to, no, I wanted to open, say my dude. piece. I, I and, agree with you. It should be open at this point. Like you said, if the MLB store and the NBA store are both open and hell, it, the Yankees like home team store is open. There's no reason that uh, the NHL store that not only service like carry stuff for the Rangers, but for every, you know, basically every team in the league during the playoff, during the, during the Stanley cup playoffs is, is ridiculous, especially right now where New York is up pretty much back to being packed and people are spilling out of bars and restaurants again. And you know, we have a, uh, you know, there's Mass Square Garden had its first concert back with the Foo Fighters and it was packed jam, you know, a packed house. And we have Broadway shows opening this month. And yeah, there's no reason it should be closed. And it's like not closed because of the pandemic. If you look in, they're like running inventory. It's like they they're like, ah, shit, you know what? We should we should probably open up here. We got the Islanders in the semifinals. But uh, we got to run through inventory real quick to make sure we got everything. It's like, just <laughs> open up. Like, this is insane. Just open up. Yeah. You know, even if you, you're selling jerseys uh, 
you set up a little desk at the front door and you said, you know, you know, what jersey are you looking for? Yeah, large. All right, here it is. And be on our way. It's just crazy. That's it's just abs- probably what they should have done is just like that. If you wanted a jersey, you could get it. You just couldn't walk around the full whatever. Right. And I would. Yeah. And I was so yeah. sad today, Andy, like just, you know, the the hours that I work today, I would have made a purchase without a doubt. Like to make myself feel better, I would have made a purchase. So, yeah. Um, but uh, all right. So let's get into the, you know, Gerard Gallant introductory press conference uh, that they had today. You know, obviously, Twitter was a buzz. A lot of good quotes out there. A lot of stuff that I liked. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of for me seeing some of the quotes was a breath of fresh air. I didn't get to watch the press conference. I was a little busy, but, um, you know, overall the sentiment that I've gotten, especially from Twitter is that he's kind of, you know, playing all the chords that, you know, people want, you know, want to be played. So, uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, in, in fairness, usually with these introductory press conference, says these coaches usually say all the right things. Uh, David Quinn pretty much said all the right things, uh, but it's one thing to say them and totally another thing to do them. The good news is, though, that Gerard Gallant, his track record the last three to five years is pretty much echoes what is, uh, yeah, echoes, you know, that he does practice what he preaches. And it seems to be a winning combination. I mean, like you said, it almost at times seemed almost pointed to some of the the issues that uh, internally that Dolan had and obviously has been mandated for this uh, new front office with Chris Drury at the helm and the, even the fan base. And, you know, there was questions about uh, there or at least there was what is like you make of this roster and like is the at least to Drury is like, is the mandate to make the playoffs next year. And he said, although man mandates a strong, he basically said to the effect that mandate is a strong word, but the expectation is they should very much because of what, who, what they look like on paper, they should be contending team. They should be in the postseason. So, yeah. And as far as Gallant goes that, you know, he talked a lot about every player having a role to play and that every role is important. So getting players to not only play their role but to embrace their role because it's important and if you embrace your role it's that you get you will get enough ice time to yeah to to play to help contribute you know what i mean and everyone playing a 200 foot game which is good but he also one thing i liked he said is that everyone good at off defense and everyone good at offense so it's not like checking line out it's like if your line is turning over the puck then i want you going the other way but that starts with defending well as well so i like that obviously um and we look at those that, you know, the Golden Knights team uh, before he got uh, canned and that was basically their identity, you know, in the two seasons he was there or th- was it, th- it was almost two and a half, right? Because I think he had two full seasons yeah. and he got fired like midway into his third season. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, and that was with not, you can argue that that first team he had that went the farthest and went to the cup final was probably you know, on paper was probably the weakest team. It's just that they all played uh, they, their system was pretty uh, rigid and their structure was very rigid and they counterattacked very well, which is a very conducive, very uh, good style to play for the playoffs. 
And I, you know, I think the good thing is that if you could teach a team like this Rangers team, because they are very gifted offensively and they can kind of mix things up, but they just clear, clearly lack that structure that, yeah, they could have a lot of success, especially if it's based on if he's like, you're going to play a 200 foot game, but if you do your job and the puck gets turned over, now you have numbers, you can do whatever you want. Like, you know, you guys are skilled. You can make skill plays. That's fine. But just you have to have the puck on your stick. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think that can work with this team. You know what I mean? I, I do think there will be changes and players will be added, obviously, because we know Gallant historically likes to have a, a some sort of muscle on this team, you know, be it uh, a Sean Thornton or a Ryan Reeves type. So and I'm sure that's what. Uh, after the Tom Wilson incident, whether you can we can have the debate till we're blue in the face whether or not it's overblown to like to have like a guy like that but i just think in general they want their roster walking a little bit taller and having more of a chip on their shoulder so if that's what it takes uh that's what they'll do i did think it was very interesting that drury was asked if the rangers would name a captain and he said it's a priority but at the end of the day it has to be uh the right person he also said that he feels like it's a big piece of taking the next step of the team. And then after that, on uh, Rick Carpinello, who's another beat writer for the New York Rangers. I got he, beef with him, too. Well, yeah, I, I, I assume it's about what I'm about to say. So he said that sounds, based on Chris Drury's comments, that sounds a lot like Jacob Truba. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what I, I missed. I didn't hear everything. I just kind of got the broad strokes in the quotes. So I don't know. Drury didn't say Truba by name, but I think it was. Like that was kind of his opinion of who he thinks the type player on the team or vet that he would be alluding to. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, there, I have heard at least from what I've read that in the locker room, Truba is one of the guys as he should be. He's one of the only people in the room over the age of 25. So I get it. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what this fan base is going to do. If, if Jacob Truba gets, the C slapped on his chest. I, I think there would be, uh, it would, I don't know. I don't think the response would be all that positive. Um, what say you James? Yeah. And you know, what's funny, you know, thinking about, well, that's not the beef that I have, but I will get back to that. Let me comment on if just hypothetically speaking, Truba gets the C slapped on his Jersey. I don't know if there has been a captain that would like that the fan base would like actually have a problem with having the C on their jersey. Like I can't think of a captain right now in the league that people are like he doesn't deserve to be the captain of our t- hockey team. Like that's got to be awkward. But the beef that I have with them and I'll let you comment on that after I tell you the beef. The beef I have with Carpinello is that in the comments right after the Truba thing, a fan writes that basically to sum up his point was I can't see it being Kreider because Kreider is too inconsistent and disappears for you know games at a time with that inconsistency I don't see him being named captain and Carpinello goes I strongly disagree yeah and he said hard hard disagree as a hard disagree and I, I, I'm, j- I'm flabbergasted that anyone could watch Chris Kreider play hockey and say that that guy is not inconsistent. I mean, he is literally the definition of inconsistent. 
And it's very frustrating because you all know how effective he is when he's on his game. And then you see him disappear. And then you're like, you know, why, why can't you just bring just, you know, that intensity every single night? And he just disappears for weeks at a time. And then he shows up and he has like five games where he's scoring seven goals and has three assists. And he's just, you know, unbelievable, unstoppable in front of the net. And, and you're like, where is this all the time? So Carbonell to be like, I, you know, I hard disagree with, you know, Kreider being inconsistent is one of the more crazier things that I've ever read as a, you know, for a New York Rangers like beat writer. Yeah. You know, I think the thing is that even beyond his inconsistent play, it's that when I think of captains and specifically captains that have won the Stanley Cup in the last few years, uh, I just don't remember remember it being a guy where there was ever a question about his role on the team or his impact. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, clearly there's not going to be any questions about, even though he was hurt, Steven Stamkos is still, you look at how he's producing now, he's still a premier player in this league, even after all the injuries. Um, Ryan O'Reilly, excuse me, not Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Alex Petrangelo, yeah, uh, same thing. You know, pro- was excellent on the back end. His is a d- elite defenseman, and I mean, obviously, then you have your Crosby's and and Ovi, and yeah, it's just that you don't really these are these guys don't raise questions about what their yeah what their effect is on the the team they play for. Even Drew, I mean, excuse me, uh, during when the Kings were winning their cups, it was uh, Dustin Brown, right, and. Mm-hmm. I don't not a big obviously Dustin Brown is a real dirty player and I'm not a big fan of his but he was consistently dirty and consistently pissed me off and consistently like you know he's not a premier point scorer in this league although he actually has had some good seasons in the past couple of years but yeah it's just he there's no question about what his role is and what he plays and I just cried her as a guy that to your so like you said is that he kind of comes and goes and he struggles with mental you know, it's like he struggles with his own confidence, it seems like, and he's, you know, and all these other things. And listen, he could be the the nicest guy and take guys under his wing, uh, you know, that's yeah, great. No. But I don't like that's good, but that is only one piece of the puzzle. And yeah, it's the one we don't get to see. But even if he's got that all well and taken care of, he could be the best guy in the world and help teammates out and be a leader in that locker room. And that's great. But I, if you're Mike, if you're the captain of the team, I watch. I want you doing that, and you have to be a driver on the ice. You have to be a bus driver. You know what I mean? And that's not, not that's not that's a full time gig, unfortunately. Ryan Callahan, out. Yes, obviously, once he was going for the contract negotiation, all of a sudden he kind of his game fell off, or he just wasn't interested in playing hard anymore, or whatever. There's going on behind the scenes that soured it. But until then, he got the most, and he was a le- he was a captain. He was a leader. You know. So I mean. Yeah, there just shouldn't be a question. And with Chris Kreider, if the, if you say we're naming this guy, quite, there shouldn't be uh, a big portion of your fan base shouldn't be like, this is the, a mistake. Because usually when you name a guy captain, they'll be like, oh, good choice. Like, I maybe would have named this guy, but that guy's a good choice or whatever. Or I can see why they did that. If half or, you know, not even half, if any part of your fan base in a majority of your fan base is going like, what? Like, why? He's No, that's not good. <laughs> like, you know, well, and... Yeah, I, I think there's one it. one piece that you're missing, right? One piece I think that you know a lot of people are missing is that we really only have three players signed to term. 
So as of right now, you cannot name a captain when he's an unrestricted free agent the following year. You know, as a Benajet. You know what I mean? It's like, well, once you name him captain, like, I feel like now, now you're pushing all the chips. Uh, you're pushing all the chips in, and and now that that guy can, you know, kind of call your bluff and dictate his contract because you're like, well, you just name me captain. Are you really gonna, you know, let me go? Wait, because we're, we're talking about Mika right now. I was talking about Chris Kreider. No, yeah, we're talking about Kreider. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general. Like one of the things, like we've really only narrowed it down right now to three people, three possible Beca- players, because, because they're certain they're, they're because they're signed the term. So like, all right, we have Kreider, we have Panarin, and we have Truba. Right, they're the three longest contracts right now. Those are the only players that could be named tomorrow captain, in my in my opinion. Because Probably, and I, Panarin's not going to be named, and Panarin's not going to be named captain. So yeah, right, and you know it, it's just like. If if you're gonna name a captain, they've had to have already signed a long term contract with the Rangers. You cannot name like you know Mika captain. You cannot name like any of these guys like captain without signing them some sort of term because there's got to be some sort of comforting presence that this player is gonna be with us for the next you know at least seven years. I'm Corey Francois. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Also, I think part of it is that, you know, much kind of like what happened to both Dustin Brown and Joe Joe Thornton, if you're signed a term, there's a good chance at some point, like, you know, unless you are a great captain, like, Patrice Bergeron is obviously a, you know, he is a premier player in this league. He's been one of the best defensive players in this league, even as age for and commands respect for the last decade or so. Right. But he literally the only other person who probably in that, at least in the Bruins, who commands more respect from him was Chara. So he waited out until Chara was finally gone. And then they finally gave him the city. Right. Well deserved. Oh, probably a little if you if you're being honest, you probably could have you could have given to him earlier, but there was too much respect for Zidane Chara, as there should be. You want he was there, he was a big reason why they won that cup. He's been an excellent defenseman for a long time, you know, even though he's in the recent years his game has fallen off. If Kreider is you give Kreider this, the 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 C and his game remains what it is now, and he's just a guy who he's like he score, you know, he's a he maxes out at fifty points and you know, he's usually like a twenty He's like he's like a twenty five, uh, yeah, twenty five type player, right? And but the, as his, he's thirty now, so his game's gonna slowly. You're and he's like you said, it's like you're gonna have to pro- eventually. You have Lafreniere waiting there. You're probably gonna have to take the sea off of him, put it on on his chest, and that's what happened with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Joe Thornton and was it Logan Couture? They gave the C to while he was captain. They took it away yeah. from him. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think it was Couture. I don't know if it was Marlowe or someone, whatever Logan Couture. And then the same thing happened to Dustin Brown with Andre Kopitar. And I remember both of those kind of caused a bit of a, there was, they were kind of messy situations, right? So just cause a guy has term, like 
maybe I understand why you're like, okay, you can't give it to someone who could just walk. But at the same time, it's like, if you give it to someone, then you're, at some point, if it's, if it's deemed that the best course of action is to maybe like, you know, start the hand the keys over to the you know to the next generation you have to be sure that guy's gonna be cool with it and who knows maybe chris crowder's the type of be like yeah no that's that's i understand it's all good like but yeah well then that Truba. guy shouldn't be a captain like well, you that's, that's kind of like, like well yeah I, no I, if you want to give it away in four years when you know that kid is ready for it like no i'd be like fuck you i, I the seas on my chest this is my team i i you know i'm the leader in the locker room like yeah, i'm like, the no, yeah, I hear you, can, you. You have to have some pride, pride in right. it, and you can. It, at the end of the day, it is their decision, but you obviously have to be a little shitty about it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and, yeah. I mean, maybe then you do give the truth because I feel like truth was like, you know, people are gonna fucking kill me on this on, on the streets of Manhattan, you know, for me wearing the C. Just, get, you know, give it to yeah. Lafreniere, please. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You know, honestly, it, like. I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily. I mean, I'm a, a bit I after I know I gave my whole spiel about the captains. I do think there is a little bit of an element of it being a little overrated. But at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. At the same time, it's just I think the the, the specter of Lafreniere is one day of being going to take it one day. It just kind of it feels like destiny a little bit, you know, like he's going to it's going to this kid is going to be the captain of this team one day when I don't know when will he be ready. I'm not sure he could well, be ready tomorrow, but I, at the or at the same time, it's like it just could work out where it's not time. And again, I I really with until the covid scare, which we talked about, Mika was real was really a guy that I thought had done everything you would ask a player to do to earn it. And yes, he's a more quiet type, but his can play I ask on you a question? Ice, yeah. What's up? No, no, no. no I'll, I'll, you can finish your point, but I want to ask you a question. Yeah. So. No, I was just going to say that Mika is a guy that his play on the ice pretty much had done the talking uh, for him. And, you know, but now it's being circumstance being what it is with his contract, you know, ups very shortly that I don't necessarily even know if it's that's a route the Rangers are going to want to go down or even if I would want to go down it. But, you know, I now that I feel that Jack Eichel's not coming, I probably do want to go down it. Uh, or I knock on wood, I, I say that. Who knows? He could we could get some crazy news in the next couple of days. But um, but yeah, I just think there are a lot of different things to consider. And I do think but I do think it's listen, they haven't had a captain since before. Uh, the, yeah, since they traded well, McDonough, so, right? Which, which so, is, so this like, is my left. question for you. This is, that's a great point to like they haven't had a captain in a long time, right? So, do you think the captaincy is uh, maybe overstated league wide, or just specifically with the New York Rangers? Because I, I kind of feel like the way our captains have kind of left the team, it's kind of it, it's kind of been watered down. Whereas, like you know it we've seen so many captains like just come and go and not kind of ride off into the sunset, like kind of like, like a Lundqvist situation where it's like, you know, we didn't trade Lundqvist, you know, we, we kind of just like, we knew it was the end. It was like a natural progression for Lundqvist to just be done with this team, given his cap hit, given, you know, just uh, the, the, the change in this just organization as a whole. Whereas, you know, when, mcdonough and callahan both left we're kind of just like um like what so do you think the captaincy is like overstated 
you know, with the with the Rangers or kind of league wide? Uh, you know, I I think it's more maybe probably more league wide only because. You know, it's one of those things where it's like my head says one thing, but my heart says another, I guess, where my heart says, obviously, nah. it's very important. And but and then again, it's like I look at all every team that has won the Stanley Cup in the last God, I I'm look I don't know, going back how far. And like I said earlier, you look at every captain, on every one of those teams, I would say in terms of where they were at in their career, the last captain that won a Stanley Cup that was probably not the strong. But again, I would look at I, hell, I'd have to go back to Tampa in 2004 when it was Andrew Chuck, because and even then, like where he was at at that part, but like his his accolades in the league were already unquestionable. You know, he had, right scored so many garbage goals in front of the net that was his deal and he's you know scott he scores a lot of goals you know what i mean and he'd been around for a long time right but i mean like i said before that you it's you have uh, stamkos and petrangelo and ovechkin and crosby and taze, taze. And, and well or dustin brown although you know i will say he was obviously a weaker but at the same time he had a role pl- that he played and then you have chara and then uh you know f- Damn it! It's like I'm even going back. Well, Brind- uh, Brindamore, Nick, Lid- yeah. Well, yeah. Rod Brindamore, Nick Nick Lidstrom, uh, who was was Niedermeyer the, the Ducks captain? It wasn't Solani, right? It was Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Scott Niedermeyer. Yes, Niedermeyer. Yeah, exactly. And and Jesus Christ, I'm like going back here and Joe Sackick and Jesus Scott and Stevens. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just I. And this is not even I, I'm trying to put myself in the position those players were at when they won the cup, not necessarily what their legacy is after or since or like with hindsight. But even at that moment in time where they won the cup and you look at all of them and you say those names and then you say Chris Kreider, you're it's just kind of like Kreider just feels like yet another second line winger in the league. Right. Like, I am I am I wrong? I Like, is that I don't know. Or even Truba It's just. I don't know, man. It's and that's the thing. It's like I, I think there's like I think that intellectually, I feel like the whole captain thing can be overstated. But then I look at this and I read these names, and I'm just like, well, clearly, because like I said, every single one of those players at least has they are either an elite player with no questions asked when they win it, or they are a player that unquestionably like has either has the commanded respect with their role. Even the Dustin Browns, where they're just like kind of dirty pieces of shit, but they just play like that every shift. You know what I mean? And and that's going back. So as far as I can go on this list, you know, I'm trying to think of the last player that was a captain that was, you know, I don't know, like. Well, before then, then you're getting into like the Messier, Gretzky's, Lemieux's and like and and those, you know, and those players that, you know, one stand. Yeah, maybe maybe I don't know. But even Bob Gainey in like the 80s was a good player or, or you know, Guy Carboneau, maybe for the 92, 93 Canadians. Like, but even, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just very, you know, he's a great player in his own right. So it's just, yeah, man, it's just like I said, I mentally like intellectually, I feel like it's so, the captaincy is a little bit overrated and overstated. But then at the same time, it's like the goal. What's the goal? Win a Stanley Cup. And I look at all these teams that have won and their captains do not and it's not like that winning the cup is what cemented their 
captaincy, right? It's not like, oh, they won the cup. They must be a good captain now. It's like, no, these guys were like the best choice captain. Whereas I think right now, if you said, is it worth it to make Kreider or Truba captain? And he's like, well, only if they, they win a cup, then I'll be proven wrong. That's not a good answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it should no, be no, like, no. Yes. Yeah, it, exactly. it should be like, no, they're, they're the captain. We won a Stanley Cup because of him. I would almost rather wait even longer, more time, until it, it's a player where you're like, you know what? Well, that's why and, I asked you the. Well, yeah, you know, sorry to cut you off. That's why no, no, I asked you the question because I, I kind of feel the same way with the New York Rangers. I don't feel that way with other teams. Like, I don't think Crosby's impact, you know, is is watered down, you know, compared to a Mark Messier's impact. Like, I, I I think they had the same impact on their teams, you know, regardless of you know. Uh, of the you know the decade in which they've you know played but i feel like you know with the new york rangers it is kind of watered down because we're, it's one of those situations where we're so desperate just to name a captain for the sake of naming a captain because we need to name a captain that it's it's gonna it's overstated because if truba gets the c slapped on his chest you know it's almost like uh god who's the the devil's uh c- captain He's and now they're announcing. Oh, uh, is it? Was it? No, 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 no. Uh, no, oh, uh, not. Yeah. uh, wait, Bryce Salvador was their captain? Was yeah, Bryce captain? Salvador was the captain of the Devils. Jesus. It was like, yeah, well, uh, that, that's yeah, that's another, I yeah, or like Andy, or like right Andy now, Green, pretty, like, like almost, yeah, Andy yeah. Green, another one. No, sometimes, like, the the it's like it's weird, sometimes it's like the best choice for the captain on your team isn't necessarily like a good choice, you know, which, and I understand you can't, you can't, sometimes you don't want to wait around. Or I mean, sometimes it's like the understanding is that like, cause you, you also see like a guy get the, the C you get the guys, was the the guys who get the, the C or yeah. Or you get, you see, you see the team give the C to a guy who, uh, like, yeah, you see the team give the C to a guy because they're about to rebuild and they're a veteran presence as they're almost there to take the heat off of the young guys. You know what I mean? And kind of say like, Hey, I know this is tough, but we like, we play a certain way. We don't get the moral, you know, that type of type of deal. Right. Right. Um, But that's kind of what Kreider, like if you would name Kreider captain, when they, after they sent the letter out and McDonald was gone the next season, I'd get it. I'd say, you know what? Like he's the only person who's been, who was around, during you know him and Jesper Fast and you know even Zook eventually left as like the players that were around uh during yeah you know, the cup run and all that you know but yeah. like yeah man it's like and it's the same thing it's like I think the Red Wings when did they name Larkin captain like last season or yeah or during the COVID season yeah and it was during the COVID season I, I believe yeah, because they were still rebuilding all those years. They were trying to protect the kid because you take on a lot of a brunt of it. And I think they eventually said, you know what? He's a leader on this team. He's not going anywhere. And they had to make sh- they wanted to make sure they're like, listen, we're going to lose a lot. And it's not going to be your fault. You're going to you're going to be a good player in your own. Right. You just we don't have the talent right now. And a lot of well, shit's going to fall on you. So they they almost held off as far as they could. But they in and uh, yeah, they named him in January right before the start of the season. It was a short season. It was almost like they were able to slip them in under the radar. It's like, this is a short season. Everyone knows they're not winning anything right now. They were, you know, they were trying to tank for a, a pick, you know, for the first overall pick that the Rangers ended up getting. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so I, I think, yeah. 
No, well, I got another question for you kind sure, of before ahead. we wrap things up. And I know we didn't really get into the whole introductory press conference, so um but which is fine because this has been this is a, far more a, juicy conversation well yeah and it's just been you know kind of organic going back and forth which i love um so you know when i was in youth hockey it was I believe 14 and under uh i know the guys that you know i played with you know some that listen to this podcast will know uh um my dad was a coach named uh he, he threw a letter on a, a certain player's chest and um to try to get more out of him because he felt like you know you know if you know this kid has a letter and he sees the letter on his jersey every day you know uh, you know every game it, it'll give him that extra boost of confidence it'll give him you know a little bit more pride uh do you think that that's like maybe a philosophy with truba if truba were to get the c saying like listen i know things have been haven't been pretty the last couple seasons but you know you are a you know, you are, you know, one of the, you're supposed to be one of the NHL's better overall defensemen. Like, you know, you're a guy that, you know, uh, you know, has had a, a consistent career here in the NHL. You're very vocal in the locker room. You know, you could be, you know, a, a leader on this hockey team with the young roster and you're kind of going to be dependent on to be that kind of, not scumbag player. I hate using the word scumbag, but that, you know, agitator, you know, that physical presence, uh, you know, that we've kind of harped on throughout this whole, you know, last couple months, you know, that we've, I'm losing a choice of words here, but, you know, in the press conference, they've kind of made it known that the Rangers want to, you know, play with a little bit more physicality and have that yeah. swagger. And, and he is one of those players that can bring that element to the New York Rangers. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. So no, and I, I do, I think honestly, that's probably the only scenario that would make sense for either of those players, Kreider or Truba, because even for all of our maybe grievances with these players, what, when they are at the top of the height of their powers of what they're currently capable of, Truba is, very physical and nasty in his own corners and gives you a rough ride and is can be can be vicious at times low key and you throw he throws bone crunching hits and he's tough and that's things that New York if he did that and that's the thing is that even point totals aside because you know I think he's with an Adam Fox on this team and as more younger uh, more offensive minded defense we get added to this lineup that it kind of makes him a little bit more redundant as a point producer and it almost will hurt his point production. But if he just does that, those things with more consistency, New York Rangers fans would love that as a, as a, uh, as a captain, you know, if a, a guy who like kind of harkens back to, to Jeff Bookaboom, right. They wouldn't, they would love that, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's just, he hasn't been like, I've, I've said on this podcast many times that he Truba currently is a guy that needs to, It'd be it's like the other guy has to engage him first before his 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 hackles go up and he gets red in the face and he all of a sudden you see him start rushing the puck out and getting mad and giving guys forearm shivers behind their own net and rough rides you know in the corners you know what I mean and what it's going to take for this team to make the postseason is he's going to have to do that during the regular season not when he feels like you're going to have to do that against especially next season against the Arizona Coyotes on a Tuesday uh, Tuesday night which I understand like 
which has kind of been the Rangers' problem during this whole thing, is that they don't get up for every game. And though to kind of try to loop it back to Gerard Gallant, he did say, like, we're going to start on time. You know, that's the type of team I want to be. We're going to be a hard team to play against. We, you know, we are all going to do our role. And that's kind of falls on me. It's like we start, we are going to be a team that is hard to play against that when they look at us, they say, wow, they work hard. You know, and listen, every coach says that. But again, we've seen his teams the last few years. They do that. And so maybe that would be the only thing I could see is that maybe Gerard Gallant is the guy that can get that out of Chris Kreider and say, listen, forget the points enough with the, the, the mind games like your 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 speed grants you the ability to be one of the best four checkers on this team. And you've whatever you've been around this long. You're 30 years old. Enough with the the. You have to be a big point producer. You don't have to carry that. You have Panarin for that. Like I want you to do this and just do that every night. Just do it every night. I don't care, even if it if it hurts your production or whatever, or if it's like that's what this team will be the most successful. And because I guarantee you, if next season, if Chris Kreider played, even if he only scored 35 points, but he became much better defensively. He was much more involved. He backed and he back checked more and he forechecked more. And every time he and he just maintained possession more and didn't turn it over because he doesn't have the skill to make skill plays or he's trying to do something else or he's like a mile offside or you know what I mean? I don't think there'd be a problem. I don't think the Rangers fans would have the same outburst about like you can't give this guy the seat, you know, even if he's puts up less points. Uh, cool. And I think he'd feel a lot better about his own game, you know, but uh, again, I, that's a, a lot of it. It's a lot to ask, I think. Well, and, and you know, it's funny just to kind of wrap things up here too. Sure. Like, you know, Gerard Gallant has, is a completely different coach than David Quinn, completely different coach than Elaine Vigneault. And I think this is the element that the New York Rangers have been looking for, not just from within the players, but from the coaching staff too. Like we got to have a coaching swagger. We have to have a guy that's going to come in there and, and say those things like, like, don't worry. You're not a point. You're not a points guy. Like your role is to be a turnover machine. I want you to work as hard as you possibly can in the corners. Don't you worry about, you know, getting shots on that. I want you to just be a disruptor. I want you to go down and every single time the defenseman handles the puck in the corner, he's going to be, you know, thinking about you coming down on him, you know, as hard as you can. And, you know, and I think that can go a long way. And that goes into, you know, his message about players are going to know their role and, you know, they're going to play, you know, a, a 200 foot game. And that's exactly what we, we always wanted out of Kreider. I don't think there was a single person that was like, well, Kreider's season wasn't successful because he didn't hit 75 points. It's always been, no, Kreider has been a frustrating player because we see how great he can be and effective he is when he's using his body and, and, but no one, no one cares about the goals that he scores on the power play when he, you know, chips in a, an empty net. Like, I don't care about that stuff. I care about his intensity. I care about him being physical. I care about him being disruptor in the corners and creating time and space for his, for his line mates. Like those are the things that we need from Chris Kreider. And those are the things that we need, you know, from uh, Truba on the back end. It's like, you know, the, Though that is just as effective as being able to put the puck in. Like, I know, you know, I know it's not sexy and I know, you know, the, the stats on that and the analytics on that, you know, aren't for everybody. But at the same time, you know, it's a recipe to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately to wrap this up. I think that's the beauty of Gerard Gallant is that if a David Quinn walks up to a player in training camp and says that, especially like a Kreider or a Truba, 
they're probably gonna yes him to death in their heads over like this fucking idiot like like this asshole like i'm not doing that like <laughs> like shut up and we and we saw it david we've heard the the rumblings and the the pretty much all the comments leaking out that they didn't they kind of tuned him out he's asking him to do all this stuff and they just don't believe what he's selling they don't think he knows because they don't think it's going to help them but gerard gallant his resume speaks for itself the success, success he's had speak for itself but he also the guy has a gift for empowering his players and he can just deliver those messages in a way that's genuine and you feel like it's not only in the team's best interest, but in your best interest. Because I think, I guarantee, he would say to Kreider, is like, Chris, like, listen, man, you've been in, like, for us to have success, I want you to focus on doing this. Don't worry about the offensive side because you know what? You've been in this league long enough. And if you do this, this the turnovers will come, come and then you'll be able to do, ever, what, do what you do. Because you know how to do it. You've done it before. But I'm just all I'm asking you to do is I just think that for our team, if you you're a leader on this team, and I think the best way you can do that is by doing this. And I I think he can do it in a way that empowers him and makes diplomatic, not like David Quinn, who's asking guys to who's telling guys not to like, you know, stick handle on breakaways and all this other stuff that was coming out that we're like shaking our heads at, you know. So, yeah, I think that's the beauty of a a Gerard Gallant. And if and if these are guys that are going to be leaders and are going to try to step their game up, even if it's in a way that is doesn't not nece- like the the old Steve Eiserman. It's like not necessarily it's like give up the point totals to become like a pl- player that plays a style of hockey that uh, guarantees success in the postseason. Then yeah, he's the guy for the job. So uh, I'm sure in the coming days now we'll probably have even more quotes and he's going to fill out his uh, his staff that will give us stuff to talk about. That'll be fun. That's apparently the next on his list. We'll see if Mike Kelly is long. You know his. Uh, his longtime assistant coach and his last few stops joins. Uh, there have been rumors that Dan Girardi might be behind the bench. We'll see if that materializes. And yeah, it'll be interesting. I would wonder if a Jacques Martin would actually come back. That would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, until then, uh, so far, so good. Liked everything that came out of his mouth. But uh, words are words and actions are actions. So hopefully uh, his track record uh, proves to... Yeah, proves everything he said to be true. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.